0: Very quick intro. Very quick intro. To the Carmudgeon Show. To the
1: Carmudgeon Show.
0: Episode 81. Episode 81. I'm Jason Kamisa. I'm Jason Kamisa. And I'm Derek Tamscott. Scott that is Derek Tamscott. Uh, and this episode is about insurance. It, no, rah- it's not.
1: Uh, it's about it's about it's you getting rammed on. the. the
0: Yeah. Getting your beat rammed on the... What happened on New Year's my, Eve? My. You had a festive New Year's Eve. <laughs> Okay, we're not going to re- do the reveal now. You're going to talk about this. What happened to you until uh, to you're to your ra- getting ramming on talk about the
1: I'm going to talk about the dangers of taking vehicles out into traffic with dumb people.
0: Uh, so we talk about that every week.
1: No, but this was really exceptionally a
0: dumb person. It was an exceptionally dumb no. person.
1: I'll show you the video, but I can't show it to them. Oh, yes. I'm Hashtag have a it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's still under uh, seal. Yes. Uh, all right. Now's the time where we do the... the eet, musics. Eet. Yep. what
0: uh this is like that monologue in dr strange love and how i learned to love the bomb where uh he's like there's nuclear war unfolding and the president is talking to the soviet premier and he's like do you think you could turn the music down a little bit over there and they're like avoiding nuclear war but it's this phone what is the the conversation that they have is really funny though no one knows what I'm talking about. I'm dating myself
1: again, aging. Hey, I've been told to go fuck myself, but I've never told, <laughs> I'm told go to go date, date myself. myself. Nobody wants to date this.
0: Um, what does he say in the the the? Okay, fine. We have a topic for today. Do which we? We have.
1: Um, I'm, yeah.
0: Why don't you lead off? Tell us all about the things that happened. I mean, the to funniest you. way
1: that I can phrase this is: for New Year's Eve, I went into San Francisco and my ass got rammed wow i mean people have said that many times many a time um actually my beat ass got around (laughs) oh
0: did it survive
1: the ass or the beat yeah the ass of the beat so very annoyingly i uh i decided i was going to participate in a new year's day rally which you told me about and then didn't show up because you're a twat i was busy (laughs) you told me you were in bed so that's now i was in bed straight into the tmi department um moving forward derek has had relations apparently on new year's morning thank you um i don't know what you're talking about then i before you're the one my telling telling about your your ass getting beat <laughs> that was yeah your beat no getting no no my my beat, beat. ass getting rammed was right was it dodge ram all right so anyway so i decided i was going to stay in the city at a friend's house i it was raining, and it's been raining constantly here in the Bay Area. And uh, and I don't like to drive my old cars in the rain at all. And then as, I don't like to drive them in the dark. Um, and what about you know, in the rain when it's dark? Definitely not. It's just the increase, the, 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 the increase in the chance of an accident is just too high. And so I had planned on taking the Scirocco on the rally because I just got new tires for it, and I was all excited about that. And in the garage was the Beat and the Scirocco. And I had also just spent a whole day doing diagnostics on the beat and finally found uh, the cause of a, a misfire was uh, just a bad plug. One bad plug. One bad plug. Must have been because I replaced the plugs and I, I checked everything else. I smoke tested the intake for leaks. I just kind of went through a whole bunch of tests and then figured out it was just everything. Were the
0: plugs sparking when you pulled them out?
1: They were fine. Everything was fine. Um, under very high load at low revs, I had a stumble. Ooh, the lighting changed. Paolo, Paolo realized it's that the house lights were on more romantic. Um do uh, no 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 anyway so uh anytime you get a oh that camera wasn't running paulo's high he said he was piloting the struggle bus and uh i think he's actually doing (laughs) the struggle bus is piloting him yeah he's asleep in the back of the it's okay it's it's our first record we can tell people this right we can no 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 it's the second episode of the year yes that is definitely not the first time we've re recorded this an episode this
0: calendar year absolutely not We're coming to you live from the Carmudgeon Studio.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so anytime you have a uh, a low RPM, high load miss, it tends to be ignition. Um, And this was a pretty big miss. It was a, you know, and it would go. And it was on that transition which made me think maybe it was fueling. Um, so I smoke tested the intake to make sure there's no vacuum leaks because that fuel injection runs under on, on a MAP sensor, which is manifold absolute pressure. So a pressure leak would fuck everything up. Anyway, long story short, everything looked fine. I was able to jump the spark almost an inch and a half. From uh, the coil or from the plugs? From the coil. Um, I have a spark tester that you can sort of increase the gap. Um, and it was this beautiful bright orange spark at, a, at over an inch. And I'm like, okay, well, the coil's fine um and i just didn't like the way the plugs looked and so i just thought well it's cheap they're six bucks for a set they're in stock i'll go grab a set and ta-da everything's in fine. stock in stock so they it, must be shared honda with fit. something yeah it was honda fit 1.5 yeah. um so i got that car all put back together and it was fun because i had this was the first time i'd really interacted with the car like i bought it in april so uh you know april april 50 holy tax hell day. i know time flies and i had like i bought it i didn't do a compression check on it like i didn't really i looked under the coolant cap i'm like all right no oil there and the oil looked fine and let's go it's a honda but i did a compression check and that was perfect thank god because it scared me too anyway so i got and i finally figured out how to get to the engine which is a pain in the ass on that car i'd done it once before but this time i took the roof off and so you take all these panels out and you can actually really get to everything so i played around checked the air filter just kind of went through and um so i put the car back together and i thought you know what Let me not risk the Scirocco. So the Scirocco has been hit from behind twice. Once by a Dodge Dart, which I have to say with a Detroit accent. Which Um, the most recent one? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Not a Dodge Dart. Ford Probe. It was probed from behind. Uh Uh, Does anybody else play this mm, game? Never mind. (laughs) I was. I have been probed, darted, and rammed. Um, Uh, But I also was stelvioed from the front. Uh, Anyway, so many, many years ago, that car got hit um, and just tweaked the bumper. And it's just that it has a very weak rear end, <laughs> a very floppy, rear nearly end. incontinent, yeah, nearly incontinent. And it, it, you know, you just don't want to get hit from behind in the car because it tweaks the frame of the car and blows out the rear windows and the car's total. And so I just just like, I don't really want to risk the Scirocco in the rain in the dark. So I called my buddy and I'm like, hey, can I have a garage spot for the beat overnight? And he said, yeah, no problem at all. So I said, OK, and I get in the car and it's raining. It's not pouring or anything. And I'm immediately in preservation mode like it's new year's eve it's 5 30 p.m um it's not late enough that everyone's drunk but i I really wanted to get there before to his place and drop the car off before it got dark um but i fell asleep on the couch and had a nap and so i'm in the right lane and i'm just doing speed limit-ish you know like flow of traffic none of my normal sort of road ragey shenanigans shenanigans uh and i'm on the golden gate bridge and i'm like okay i'm in the right lane on the bridge doing you know 55 and it's a 45 sound so so that's not speeding. Um, and I'm like, okay, there are three ways that I can get to Noe Valley, which is basically across the city. There, There's 19th, which is a main artery. It's three lanes in each direction. You can never make a left. So it's probably the least chance of an accident because it's, you know, it's traffic. As all close moving. as you can get to limited access exactly. inside of city lanes. The problem is if there is an incident, if somebody does pull out from one of those side streets, I'm doing 45 or 50 miles an hour. I'm dead. Okay. That's out. The other way is Divisadero, which goes is a one lane in each direction up and over Pacific Heights in this huge mountain, which 30% grades, whatever cars, no problem with that. But then once you kind of get up and over the grade, you're on uh, a two lane in each direction. The fact that uh, you think about this stuff. It's a 1500 pound K car in a world of 5,000 pound Teslas, mm-hmm. right? And pickup trucks. So uh, this is what's going through my head as I'm driving across the bridge. I'm like, Divis is great until you get to the bottom. And then it's fucking pandemonium, especially as you get closer to um, what's that neighborhood where you used to live i guess that's hayes valley hayes, or no, uh, no, not no that's that's um Whatever nopa. That is. nopa which there are restaurants everywhere there people are
0: people double parking there's a lot of scooters and and people scooters uber uber, eats uber eats, and uber right. Uber.
1: and so what i see all the time is somebody jumps in a prius who's like an uber eats driver and just makes an illegal u-turn through a light in front of five oncoming cars and everyone gets like hit like, I've seen so many, like, issues of fuckery like that. I'm like, I'm not driving this car in the dark through there. I it's had so an amazing. incident there once See? on my motorcycle. Uh, I want to hear about that in a second. So then the third option was through the park. So it's through the Presidio, through the old army base, along a eucalyptus-lined beautiful street. Oh, my God. Paolo. Paulo's editing. Paolo's editing the,
0: uh, the last Carmudgeon episode right now. With heavy metal?
1: Did no. we? <laughs> <laughs> Paolo, we love you anyway. He's very I mean, upset. He's like, you know when you like, when you catch the dog shitting on the on the carpet, that's exactly what oh no because the dog you, laughing. Because is you, you left the dog at home for too long and yeah. the dog thinks it's its fault that it has to
0: shit I on the carpet. Eleven hours <laughs> and
1: it, it thinks it's its fault. This is do and look he now he's bright red. He's the color of a beet. Um <laughs> Paolo, you're excused. It's fine. Um and so I'm like, okay, the Masonic, the, the, the sort of Masonic way. I go through the pres- yeah. Presidio, and then I wind up on Masonic, which is two lanes in each direction, low speed, and a lot of intersections. So I'm like, okay, but no restaurant Uber Eats fuckery. Yeah, just the university. Yeah, but it's not
0: the university? San Francisco. University of San Francisco is right there. I didn't know that. Turk and Masonic.
1: Is that where yeah. the, the, the Trader Joe's
0: is? It's a little bit f- f- uh, down from there. Okay. Nobody so the, knows or cares. What well, here's the thing: about. is there's one. You chose a path.
1: There's one intersection which is by the Trader Joe's, yes, where yes, people which is always, an absolute clusterfuck. Right. So I paid really close attention. So I go through that intersection, and there's a Dodge Ram on my ass. And the problem with a car like this, with with a sort of wavy convertible rear window and a semi broken like right hand side mirror, it just it moves around a lot. I'm looking around and I'm like, uh, is this person actually on my ass or am I just being like extra cautious, right? Yeah. And so we get to a stoplight and I'm like, that fucking truck is three inches off the bumper of this car, unless maybe the car is, you know, a lot shorter than I think. And I'm just imagining light turns green. The person does not accelerate and like, you know, doesn't, doesn't stay on my ass, gets to a normal distance halfway down the next block. 3 inches from my bumper again. And I'm in like motion. in motion. And I'm like, okay, so we go through like two or three lights and they go from like further away to like genuinely uncomfortably close. So I just this we're in the left lane of two lanes. So I go in the right lane. And it's a red Dodge Ram just drives past. I'm like, okay. And I'm look, the driver doesn't look at me. I'm like, okay, so it's not like I did anything wrong. She just there traffic chess happens for another couple lanes i wound up having to get into the left lane again just to get away from a person who's waiting to turn because it's a pedestrian and i get annoyingly behind the dodge ram again behind uh, I'm, far, I'm sorry in front of the dodge ram again and now this time i'm like no no no. this car is definitely on my ass so i put my flashers on for a second just like hello and no change on my ass light turns red we stop we go she's far away again i'm like okay this person's just not really paying attention to what she's doing we get to Fell Oak, which is you know, yes. Oak is one way, Fell is the other way. I never remember which was which. One's which? I get stuck at a red light. I'm making a left, so I'm in the left lane of it's three lanes right over there. I'm in the left lane of three. She's behind me, and I'm two cars back from from the traffic light. It's Prius, Prius, me, and Ram. I'm jamming out, thinking nothing. I'm like, you're just I, the thought that went through my head was I'm being ridiculous about the Ram. This was like three blocks earlier. I'm being ridiculous about this. I was like, stop worrying about it. It's no big deal. Light turns green. I put it in first. Whom, whom. And as I'm pulling my foot off the clutch, bam, I get knocked into next Tuesday. Like hard. Like hard enough that I almost hit the Prius in front of me. So it was like, boom. What the fuck? And so now I jump out of the car. And instinct is take a picture, right? Immediately. My instinct from the last time I got hit when the old man ran. Video. Was video, right? So I took a picture and then I put it on video and I'm like, let me not be an asshole, right? Let me just not be that guy. And so I go to the window and it's a young girl and she's like, the window's up and she's just giving me a dirty look. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, roll your window down, please. And she she rolls the window down and says, what is your problem? And I was like, okay. So I look down and I just hit record. And I just hold the camera, This I'm like, excuse me? And she's like, what is your problem? I'm like, you just hit my car. That's my problem. She was like, I know, key point. I know, but you were going extremely slow. Okay. Of all the things I've ever been accused of doing at the wheel of a car, one of them has never been that I was going extremely slow. I'm like, I was stopped. There, I was at a red light. I was stopped. And she's like, yeah, but then the light changed and like you moved really slowly. I'm like, because there were cars in front of me that also didn't move until we all started moving. Yeah, and you did it like a little bit slowly. And I'm like, okay, this bitch is fucking dumb or drunk or whatever the fuck it is. And I'm like, I just thought, get her license and get out of here. This is not, I'm not I have an argument with her. I said, okay, let me see your license, please. And she goes, I don't have a license. And I'm like, you're on video. Would you like to say that again? She's like, I don't have a license. And I'm like, okay, then I'm calling 911, right? Because in California, you're required to exchange information at the scene of an accident. So unfortunately, when I hit 911 and send, it stops the video. So what happens is 911 answers. And I'm like, hi, I just got hit, um, like, from behind, and the person who hit me says she doesn't have a license. And she screams, I do have a license. I'm just not fucking showing it to you. And that was the first time I saw, like, anger from her. And I'm like, okay. And the lady on 911 is like, I heard that. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. And I'm like, she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm on. She's like, Masonic between Fell and Oak. And I was like, wow, they can really triangulate you, which is kind of cool. And I'm like, yep. She's like, okay, since she won't provide ID. Are you hurt? No. Do you need an ambulance? No. The car drivable? I'm like, I think so. I don't know. Um, She's like, all right, we're going to send a unit just because she won't show the license. As soon as they said that, she turns the wheel all the way to the left and peels out and takes off. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, she just took off. And I'm like, Red Dodge Ram. And I'm like, right as she's driving away, I totally forgot. I'd taken a picture of her license plate. I'm like, I can see your plate. I can see your plate. And I read it. And so that was that. It's temp tag.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: says 2020 Dodge Ram on it. So I hope it matches. And she's like, okay, we'll put a warrant out. for, We'll get her tonight. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. And she's like, can you do me a favor and go to the police station and just make a report? I'm like, yeah. She's like, if we have a report, we know what's going on. We can issue a warrant for her. If Central station. You were right there. Uh, I didn't go there. I was told to go to Mission. So Ooh, I went to the Mission. Festive. It was the, the odor in there was festive. So of yeah. course I walk in with a duffel bag that has a laptop and like overnight stuff in it. And the cop is like, she looks like she's a 25 year old, like, you know, new recruity And she looks really nervous. And I'm like, it's just my laptop. I didn't want to leave it in the car because, you know, it's going to get stolen. It doesn't fit in the trunk of my, my beat. Um, and I'm like, right off the bat, I'm like, judging from the smell in here, you deal with a lot of crazy people because it really stunk like urine, and she's like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'll make a deal. I might be crazy, but I'm not gonna piss on your floor. And she started laughing, and that was it. So anyway, they took a police report. The car was drivable. Uh, I learned that night when I pulled the bumper cover half off, and so I could bend everything and put it back together. That that car doesn't really have a bumper beam. It's just it's a frame. It's like a bumper cover and then frame. And so it's tweaked. It's bent. The, you know, it's pushed in where the taillights mount, the 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 I had to bend the trunk lid a little bit to get it to close. And uh, it sucks. But it'll be fixable. Mm. And she did. Not Any only Any resolution
0: she, from you the perpetrator?
1: No, nothing yet. I haven't heard anything yet, but I haven't also called the police department. Um, the interesting thing is not only she was courteous, not only did she ram me in the ass, um, but she left her phone number because the there's an emboss <laughs> embossed copy of the license plates phone number from the dealership she had from bought it, from it in the friggin' bumper yeah um the good thing is i don't think i'm gonna have to replace a single part there's one um
0: but what about justice i want justice to
1: be administered i want her to be dead um i want the same thing um <laughs> i just i have to go through this the the right way which is i did what i need to do i'll wait until they that's deeply unforgivable behavior what am i supposed to do look her address up and go you know smack her in the face i
0: have here's the thing no leaving the scene of an
1: accident which she did and on on, i have our on video admitting she hit me which i really really want to post on instagram but everyone is yelling at me and telling me not to um because it's just the most entitled move ever but so i'm not going to post the video unless i get explicit explicit instructions from the police to do so if they say well we can't identify her i'll be like i'll do that (laughs) watch this um but I'm, you know, leaving the scene of an accident. I looked it up. It is a misdemeanor in California. It becomes a felony if someone gets hurt, but it's a misdemeanor. It's up to 90 days in jail, $1,000 in fines. I'm sure she's not going to go to jail, but I hope that they throw the book at her and I will press charges for her leaving. Um, I don't, I, I'm happy to pay whatever it costs to a lawyer to to send a very clear message to her. If you're drunk and you're driving like an asshole. Was she drunk? I think so. I So here's the thing. The one thing I would say is I said this to the police too, which probably didn't hurt my case it uh, didn't help my case to them when i spoke to her she didn't seem drunk the way she was driving she was either drunk on drugs or so jamming out to her like her favorite song you know like people do that and they're like up and back and whatever and i thought maybe that's it but the thing is i also you should
0: have just said driving
1: erratically i did they can no, connect I, the dots yeah no i did say she said you know do you think she was intoxicated i'm like yeah but the way she was driving 100%. The way she acted towards me? No, she didn't seem drunk. Of course I sent the, the cops have the video, right? So um but the, she didn't seem drunk, but she also didn't seem like she was going to flee. She was just sitting there like quietly looking at me. So clearly she's not an emotive being. So let's see what they do. I mean, you know, I want her to pay the I hope they got her that night and she was drunk and they booked her on DUI and she loses her license and learns a very, very valuable lesson early in life because she was pretty young. Um, or worst case, she gets charged with leaving the scene of an accident. You think they'll find her? Well, they know the truck. The problem is there's no question who it is, right? They're they, they were like, do you think you could identify her? I'm like, <clears throat> here's the screen grab of what her face looks like. 100% I could identify her. Um, but uh, so they know who was driving. They know she hit me because her license plate is in my bumper. She admitted on camera that she hit me. Um, and because I was going slowly, well, i stopped at a fucking light. Um, and so I just want to slap her on the face because she's so entitled. There was no like, oh, I'm so sorry. I wasn't paying attention or God, your car is so little. I didn't even see it. I was looking past you. There are a million understandable, if not reasonable excuses you could give to smash or smash into somebody at a red light. She gave none of them. She just said that I was going extremely slowly. Well, I'll stop for, for red light. I mean, she's just
0: dumb. So anyway, I would be so enraged. I, I know you are so enraged and you're trying really hard not
1: to be enraged, but I would be absolutely furious. I would. Again, I, I feel terrible saying this about the beat. It couldn't have happened to a, a better car, right? I mean, if it had happened to the e-golf, it probably wouldn't have done any damage. It would have been just you dumb bitch and you scratched my bumper and now you can pay $300 to buff it out, right? Uh, the beat, unfortunately took enough of a hit that it's got to go to a frame shop and that's annoying but th- I'm just so thankful it wasn't the Scirocco because if that Ram probably would have missed the bumper, hit the taillights, it would have, it's over. Yeah. And that's the risk you take. And I try to explain this to like my 19 year old nephew. Like every time you take your baby out, your, your favorite car in the world. Well, at least his has a salvage title now. Because he took it out at two o'clock in the morning and hit a deer right? I mean, so you have to get, and he just, he was in a windstorm and a piece of trim blew off and he was really upset about it. I'm like, that's just, it's part, of, part and parcel of why you have good insurance. And he's like, well, my insurance company's going to, you know, they're going to charge me the stupid fucking deductible. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So there's a lesson here that he hasn't learned yet, which is you decide your deductible and you decide what kind of insurance you have. And then you are subject to that decision. Yes, you pay um, the cost. It's a
0: calculated risk. It's the same thing that insurance companies do, actuarial right. accounting, although some people are just like, I want to pay less, so I'm gonna do this, and they don't think about the downstream. And I have no deductibles on my car. Yeah, me too. And I just it's not Except that I, for the GTI.
1: I think maybe the e-golf has a five hundred
0: dollar. Yeah, whatever five hundred deductible on the
1: GTI, but everything that's with Hackerty is a zero deductible. And I want it that way for the for one reason. I just don't wanna like insult to injury. Now I get rear-ended, right? So one what you know, but the, the audience doesn't know is I was introduced to the lovely loveliness of vertigo last month um which is a bppv if you guys have ever had it it's just a, a crystal in your ear and you fucking the world starts spinning it just finally after like seven weeks started to get back to normal where i wasn't ever dizzy at all what do you think fucking a shunt from behind did boom loosen that crystal again Really? So yeah, I'm like fucking nauseous. I'm motion sick. I'm dizzy. And this fucking sucks. So insult to injury would be, now I have to pay a thousand bucks or 500 bucks towards the fix of this car. I don't want to deal with that. She hit me. I'm going to bring it to a body shop and it's going to be taken care of. Yeah. That's the
0: beauty of the Haggerty experience. And hopefully you have it heavily insured, which is
1: always the beauty or sufficiently insured.
0: Well, that's... Yeah.
1: So that's one of the things. I have never in this chair here on the show, really done. I don't think we've really done a thing on insurance. Yes. Which is interesting. Given um, that you've been a Hager- Haggerty is an insurance right. company. But the, the problem here is that anything I say can be used against me. And I keep hearing that. Um, and know any, anything the two of us say can be construed as an advertisement for Haggerty, right? Because this is a, well, there's a Haggerty logo right there. But the reality is I was a customer for 14 and a half years before I, became an employee and I was a uh, evangelist for Haggerty. Um is that the correct word? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um I I, mean, I put on a lot of makeup and I cried a lot and I call, I said thank Jesus Tammy Faye Baker, come on. Oh. Uh, no matches found for Tammy Faye Baker. No matches found. Oh my god, you are young. So Tammy Faye Baker was a televangelist and and her husband was somebody Baker. Um Edward Sean Sean, no, John, somebody like that. He was, Anyway, he was, Fred, Susan, whatever his fucking name was. <laughs> anyway, he was a televangelist and her deal was she was always crying and her m- mascara was always running. Um, and so she was just always like, I feel for you and whatever. And they all went to fucking jail because they're all scumbag. Right, because it's just a mechanism to avoid paying taxes on something. Well, and and to take t- money from to extort people. people. Yeah, money yeah. from people. So, yeah, um, uh, she's now no longer with us. But yeah, the 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 reality of it i is I'm, I'm sure she's in heaven. You think so? No, of course not. Mm. Yeah, people who steal other people's money should not go to heaven if such a And not works. pay taxes. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm fine with not paying taxes. No. I'd rather not if there's a legal
1: way to yeah, avoid exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. But I would also don't want to go to jail because I'm going to meet the girl who fucking hit the beach. She's not going to be in I jail. This she thing. is. I hope she in jail. Anyway, um, the whole point. So the reason that I became a, a Haggerty evangelist was that... Um, I don't remember what the hell happened. Oh, well, first, the, the big thing that happened is in the year 2000, I got hit in the Scirocco. And it was, um, I was leaving a VW meet. There was, it was two lines of traffic, like two lanes of traffic. And the right lane was stopped to turn right into like a mall parking lot. I was in the left lane, maybe doing 25, not quickly at all. Uh, because there was stopped traffic there and I was approaching a red light. Um, and somebody had stopped short of a side driveway and waved this black um, Toyota, uh, um, Chevy Cavalier, and I didn't see that. I didn't know that and until it happened. All I know is all of a sudden, there's a Cavalier in front of me and I locked him up and boom, hit the hit them right in the driver's side wheel, um, which is front or, front or rear. Front, strongest part of the car. Did quite a bit of damage to Scirocco because it, I have Euro bumpers on it and caved the bumper up post picture, cave the bumper in and tweak the front of the car to the left um, just because they were moving that way. Um, and his insurance company, I mean, it was immediately their fault. There were witnesses and skid marks and whatever. And uh, and his insurance company, don't remember what it was, was like, okay, well, we're totaling your car and give you 2000 bucks. And I was like, no, you're not. And no, you're not. Um, and so what happened was probably a three week period where all I did was just cry and go to body shops and just try to figure out how the fuck I was going to do get this car, afford to get the car fixed because I couldn't afford to do it. And at the same time, fight with his insurance company to prove that this car is worth more. I had had an appraisal done for like 10 or 12 grand, um, but they didn't count that. They didn't want to deal with that. And I wound up showing up at the appraiser's house because I looked him up um, and I showed up at like 7 p.m. at his house and I rang his doorbell and I'm like, hi. And I had backed up my Mercedes 190 out of 190 that I backed up right to his front door and the trunk was filled with trophies, and pictures and receipts and books and records and everything I have on this car. And he was like, can I help you? I'm like, hi, I'm Jason Kamisa. And he's like, oh, uh, what are you doing here? And I'm like, we're gonna have a real conversation about this, Scirocco. And I'm gonna start by handing you, that's a photo album from when I the first year I had the car. And here's another photo, printed photo, like actual photo albums. Here's another one. And he's like, I get the point. I'm like, I don't think you do. And I just started handing him. I'm like, oh, the trophy box, this one weighs a lot. And he's like, I get your point. And I'm like, you'll get my point when you put the fucking car back on the road and he's like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, there you go, have that. And he was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. all right. And I'm like, I am I will never back down until you put this car back on the road because your insured hit me. And I'm not walking away from this without my favorite toy. So figure a way out because my neck fucking hurts and all I have to do is one MRI. And that was true, no bullshit. One MRI, you're gonna blow your fucking budget. So the difference between giving me 2000 bucks and fixing the car for six or eight is the difference between... in medical bills that I'll happily make Blue Cross pay. And he was like, are you threatening insurance fraud? I'm like, I'm threatening a fucking claim, but you need to fix the fucking car. So I left there, like he wouldn't take any of the stuff. So I left there and I'm like, "Mm, probably sent a message, but I didn't get anywhere. And the next day I get a phone call from, now all names are being held, from a friend of mine says, come and get your car. And it was at a local car dealership. And a friend worked there, and you know I'd become friendly with the the staff. And I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "Come get your car." I'm like, "All right, I guess I'll get a tow truck." And he's like, "No, no, no, just come and get your car." And I show up, and it's painted and fixed and done. The next day, it was this. Well, this is three weeks later. So I had uh, immediately the day after I ordered a new old stock hood that I found. I ordered all the parts and I had it shipped to this the body shop within this dealership. What he did. The owner of the dealership, who was a total sweet man, like, you know, guy in his 70s, looked and sounded and acted just like Leslie Nielsen, (laughs) was he just told the body shop, go fix the car. And he called the guy and he said, hey, uh, we're going to do the repairs and we're going to do it under whatever the limit was, you know, whatever. And the insurance adjuster was like, uh, yeah, no, I don't know how that. Happened. He's like, no, no, no. We found a way to, che- to fix it inexpensively. Jason's going to pay for some parts. We're going to do some labor and we're reducing our labor from $70 an hour to $17 an hour. So 17 an hour times whatever, blah, 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 blah is whatever. So we'll do the whole thing. And I think it was like 4,000 bucks. And the guy agreed to it. What they didn't agree to was that the $17 an hour thing was a bullshit lie <laughs> flat out. And they got the bill. It was 12,000 uh, bucks. But I had the car back. <laughs> and what they did was they they were like, we're not going to be able to match the paint properly. It's, you know, it's 10 year old metallic paint. So they stripped the car down and painted the whole thing. And they did the whole thing in three days. Um, and that was in 2000. But that, I mean, you know, I saw the car and I just started bawling and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And they're like, get it the fuck out of here now. Like, the car needs to go away before any insurance adjuster shows up. Um, it was a really wonderful gesture. I mean, he saw me crying in the showroom to my friend. I'm like, I just don't know how, the, I don't know a way out of this. I don't get, I don't know how to get out of this. Um, and, uh, you know, I was 24 years old and it was just the most important thing in the world to me. Um and it still is in terms of, you know, material possessions. And so that was my moment when I realized, like, this is not okay. I don't ever want to have to fight with an insurance company over this. And also, I learned about agreed value policy. My dad had had a stated value policy with State Farm um, on the Mercedes 6.9 that I sold him. And he had a stated value of 30000 bucks. car caught on fire and burnt to the ground while he was driving. And thank God he didn't get hurt. And the insurance company offered him twelve grand, And he was like, excuse me, I had a stated value of 30000 and. He wound up having to go to court, and this was the lesson that he learned was that a stated value policy is, I state the value of my car is $30,000, mm. and your insurance company says, okay, we'll gladly accept premiums based on that stated value, but they're not agreeing to the, this This could have changed, this is Florida, this is 20 years ago, whatever, but at the time, they're, they're, you're paying premiums on that value, but they're not agreeing that your car is actually worth that. That functions as a ceiling. You're saying, I will never request more than $30,000 in value for this car, but you're paying full premium on that. So he took them to court, won after legal fees. He only got, you know, 17 or 18,000 bucks. He won. On um, even though they, on what basis? He won on the fact that the car's value was really 30,000 bucks. Um, and so he was able to prove the car's worth 30 grand and they gave him 30 grand minus legal fees and minus, he you know, he had to pay his lawyer. So he wound up better off, but he still got shafted. And, that was when between those two incidents is when I found Haggerty, and I was like, hold on, this is an agreed value policy. And so while you talk, I haven't shut up this whole time. You can fucking explain this.
0: I mean, agreed value is effectively, they will write a check up to that number or if the car gets totaled, they will write a check for that number and they will, they will not put any number you want on it, but they'll put a number on it that is far in excess of the market value of the car uh, based on basically what it, is involved in replacing the car. So this happened to a friend of ours who had a 300SL that Mm. uh, was, you know, he put a lot of sweat equity into it, but this is what you say, you can't polish a turd. And I've been through this process recently with helping friends buy cars, which is like, look at this one's cheaper than that one. And then you're like, yeah, but that one is like, doesn't really need anything where all the stuff that it needs is like you could spend three days like wrenching on it and the car is all sorted and then this other one you're like it costs half as much but by the time that you get it to the you know, point that this other car is at, you've done a full restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's worth it to spend the extra money to buy a nicer car up front. Uh, and that is subsequently exactly what our friend did. He This one was sort of rough and he bought it for like $3,500 on Craigslist or something like that and then proceeded to do like a full mechanical restoration and like retrim the seats himself. But, you know, the paint was still a little bit fried and it was still like kind of a high mile car, but he had a Haggerty policy on it for $15,000 and by the... Time he put all that equity into, you know, just doing all the mechanical. I mean, like, he just, you know, every, he's, bless his heart, very obsessive about mm-hmm. stuff. And he, like, hates rattles and hates this and that. And he's taking apart door panels because there's a rattle in there somewhere. I mean, he's just the car guy that a lot of us are at heart, which is you want to, you know... Make stuff really nice. And then yeah. he got rear-ended in it and the car got totaled and he did get a check from Haggerty for $15,000, no questions asked, because he had a policy on it for 15 grand and he was paying paying that premium, premium. on it. Uh, and then, you know, he was like, what do I replace it with? And then we found, ex- it was a 300 SL manual, dogleg manual, one of the 170 or whatever it was that came to the US. So, I mean, that's the other side of that coin, which is that if you have proper insurance with a with a guaranteed value... Uh, then the outcome
1: is I think it's important better. to point out one thing. You can't just make up a value. No, no, right? no. There I has mean, to
0: be some tie to the market that supports that. And Bring a Trailer has made it a lot easier to come up with comps because, you know, until quite recently, Chiracos were like still $6,000 cars. And then... If that. Yeah. And so if you have it with like State Farm, for example... Uh, then they're going to try and sort of harass you. This happened with my dad and his M coupe got totaled and the car was, Dynon did this thing where they, you know, you could buy a Dynon supercharger and then if you like really went crazy, you could get it intercooled and run higher boost and blah, blah, blah. And they were supposed to make 50 of them, but they couldn't find 50 people to buy that kit for a 400 horsepower car with a shitload of torque that was boosted, supercharged. Uh, And so they made two coupes like this and then they made eight roadsters and, uh, they tried to give my dad, the car had like 40 or 50,000 miles on it. And they tried to give my dad like, I don't know, $25,000 or something for the car when it got totaled. And he was like, hold on a second. And he gave them all the dine-on receipts. And the car probably had like $50,000 of dine-on receipts. And then they were like, okay, here's 38 or something like that. Uh, and so it helped with State Farm somewhat, for sure. But like well, that the was ultimately is, as far as you could go. And if you My know,
1: question is always, where, do, when do you want to have this negotiation? At the beginning or when it's too late? Yeah. Right. I mean, the car's already totaled. In the case of you know my Scirocco, I had no leverage. The car's damaged. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dealing with somebody else's insurance company, not my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean,
0: what would happen if you had a Haggerty guaranteed policy on it? Would you have invoked
1: that, and then they would have had to subrogate? Yeah. Subrogate is when your insurance company goes after the other insurance yeah. company. So, for example, that's what's happening now with 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 the beat claim. Is I called Haggerty. I don't even know who if if she has insurance or who, who it's with. But or who I called. Who she is? Or she is. I called the the line. I am not marked as any. I, I talked to three different people on the, in the claims process so far on the beat and none of them seem to know that I'm an employee of this company, which is kind of probably for the better. Um, so I call in the line. I'm like, hey, I have an accident. They, I give them the, the information. Somebody There's you know, a police report. Right. I think the number for it. And the adjuster calls me back and it's like, okay, well, here's the thing. You have insured for X. I don't think we're going to be close. There's an app now that you can take pictures. You can either have an appraiser come out or just take pictures. I took pictures. Um, And she called me back and she was like, okay, so I don't think we're going to be close to your, to totaling the car. If if it gets there, we'll talk to you about this. It's shop of choice. We can help you find someone. We don't recommend anyone. Um, Go have it fixed. You pay it and we'll reimburse you. Period. Of story. That's been um, my experience with. I've had two Haggerty claims since switching to Haggerty. One
0: was for a windshield, and they were like, send me a picture of the windshield and the receipts. Yeah. And then they sent me a check. Same. And I like zero deductible for that reason. Mm -hmm. So I got OE glass and I got, it was a Mercedes. So it had the little sticker at the bottom of the windshield. So that's why they
1: they wanted this uh, picture because I had a a windshield on my E30. And when I went to make a a claim for it, they're like, well, we don't replace OE glass with OE glass unless you already had OE glass. And I'm like, it's a fucking Concorde winning car. And they're like, yeah, just send us a picture of it. I'm like, oh, okay. Click done. Yeah. And
0: uh, you know, otherwise it would. I like OE glass for no reason. I mean, I'm a sucker for that. Like I don't know. When yeah. it has the when it says like TPG and it has the star on it yeah. or the securit or whatever, sigla And yep. I'm just like, yeah, this yep. is the way it should so, be. Yeah. Especially with the Mercedes-Benz sticker on the windshield. Listen. So like I sent them the receipts from eBay for me finding a Mercedes Benz product sticker for the windshield, and they're like, Yeah, no problem.
1: So the 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 lesson for me was from Donald Osborne, who I don't do you know Donald?
0: Uh I He's, know of him. Okay. I don't know that we've met, he, but I know we're friends
1: is. for years and he I showed up at his warehouse years ago in the Chirac, and he wanted to drive it. And I was like, no. No one drives the car. And he's like, I had one of these things when they were new. And oh my God, it was so fast. And I'm like, yeah, you're not wrecking my car. And so we made a deal. I'm like, you can drive it, but I want you to praise my car. And, uh, and he was like, okay, because you know, that's what he does. And so he drove it around and he's like, what do you have it insured for? And I think at the time I had it insured for like, you know, 10. Um, and he was like, okay, so that's market value. And I'm like, yeah, that's about right. And he's like, okay, that's not what you're insuring for. You're insuring against a loss, which means you're insuring for replacement cost. Mm-hmm. What would it actually cost to replace the car? And I'm like, oh, well, if I bought the car back and I, you know, if, if I could use this and I could salvage that and I could do this and whatever, because of course I have a, you know, engine built and all kinds of other shit. And he's like, stop it. What I mean is somebody takes your car. It's gone. Stolen. Stolen. Nothing left. You sit on your fat ass on a couch and eat bonbons and somebody you pay finds you a flash silver 28,000 mile Scirocco, just like it was when you bought it, but it's in Poland. And so you fly to Poland and you look at the car and you're like, this is a rust bucket. No, thanks. And you fly home and then somebody else finds you one in Germany and you fly to Germany and you say, that's it. And that car gets shipped back to the United States and then it goes to a shop that installs the transmission and the diff that you have and a two liter block and the cams and the head and the fucking intake manifold and all, all of that other stuff and presents you a car with you, no effort on your part, or you getting paid for your time with a bow on it. That's an exact replacement of of your car. What does that cost? And I'm like, Oh, that's outrageous. That's like 35 grand. And he's like, that's your replacement value. And I'm like, they're never going to agree to that. And he's like, try them. Right. And this was, you know, so of course I called and I don't remember what, what I came up with, but what I did was an engaged in a conversation with my insurance company about what the replacement cost for this car would be. Mm -hmm. And eventually we came to a number that I thought if the car disappears and I get a check for X, that's, I will feel like I've been made whole. Um, And then that was put to the test on the E 30 when I hit a deer. So I was driving around exercising it, hit a deer at night. um, And the appraiser comes, the adjuster comes and he was like, Ooh, not good because we have a fender bumper, grill, headlights, hood, other fender because the hood had tweaked sideways and got the fender he's like i want to replace the windshield because his brain's all over it which means it's structurally compromised one door roof and another door he's like we're painting two-thirds of this car i'm like "Mm -hmm." he's like i don't like that "Me me neither but he wrote it and it was over total and i had that car dramatically underinsured um way less than it was worth even market value Uh, and it was just naughty naughty i forgot to adjust it you know like you just kind of the world happens um and so in that case my you know they're like okay we're just gonna write you a check for what you your insured value is and we'll keep the car or we'll write you a check for that minus what the car is worth in its current condition and I'm like, here's the problem: the car in its current condition is worth more than I've insured for. And the lady was like, "Oh, silly, stupid person on the phone. No, your car is worth five hundred bucks." I'm like, "My car is worth a shit ton of money." And so, how they determined that was very fair. They put, they posted pictures to Copart on, an, on a on a non-binding auction, and got. I think it was three days. They allowed three days for bids to come in, and she was like, "Okay, so I think I had the car insured for twelve at the time, and uh, the damage was like twelve seven or something was was the estimate." And she's like, okay, so here's the problem. We have a whole, I'm not allowed to tell you the exact numbers, but we have a whole bunch of bids around the $500 mark, which is what I said the car is worth. And then we have a whole bunch of bids around the $12,000 mark, which is what you said the car's worth now. What's going on? I'm like, it's a wagon. And she's like, that's the weirdest thing. Like I, my, my, I had to mark it as a sedan because wagon's not listed as an option. And I'm like, right. Ding, ding, ding. That was your first clue. So, because there were no wagons in the U.S. Right. So, the if I were totaled the car, I could have bought it back for the average of all of those uh, those bids. And she's like, uh, the problem there is twelve thousand minus seven thousand. You're getting five. You you buy the car back for for seven thousand bucks. You're getting five thousand bucks. This doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, well, just give me one dollar less than the total amount. So one dollar less than the eighty-five percent of uh, of the car's value, and I'll walk. I'll take it and I'll fix it. So I got a check for, I don't remember what it was, 8,000 bucks. And I threw in another 10 or more and I fixed everything. I'm like, once you're mixing paint, you know, like at that point, just do the just whole, do damn whole car. fucking car. So we stripped it down. We cut out any bit, any semblance of rust, any semblance of corrosion, re-rust proofed it, painted the whole car, put it all back together. And now it's insured for five times what, not, I don't know, whatever, some enormous amount of money. That's a, not only far in excessive market value. no. No, mm. no, no, no. Well, then you're underinsured. No, it's it's market value plus a couple percent to find another one. That's all it is. I mean, you know, do I need to say, well, what would it cost to have Bill Arnold bill me a 2.7 stroker motor with a sure cam? I don't really, it doesn't matter. As long as I can get another E30, uh, you know, e- E30 touring in blue in that condition, I think I have it appropriately insured. Um, but that was the lesson for me, was like they would have been, they would have said, yeah, okay, you're well under total, just go have it fixed. And so now all the cars are, you know, Overinsured? No, no. They're properly by the, insured. By the uh, layperson's They're estimation. insured for their replacement cost, not their market value. And I pay huge amount of premium on top of what they would be to pay for State Farm or, you know, any one other. State company. Farm,
0: actually, when I switched from State Farm to Hagerty, I, uh, my bill went down by about a third.
1: Did you go from market value to market value? Did you go to market no. value to replacement cost?
0: No, I went from, I think it was like a, God, I used to get into all these arguments with State Farm and that was one of the things that pushed me over was that they wouldn't want, they didn't want to insure my stuff for what it was worth, right. even for market value for old cars. They have yep. classic policies with State Farm. Did
1: they, uh, did Hagerty and State Farm integrate at some point or were they supposed to? We're, we're, I think it's in the process. I don't, I, I have no, listen, for the record, let me say one thing on this. I'm a Haggerty media employee and I have no access to or information about the insurance side of the business at all. So this, none of this is, is to be construed as, construed as insurance advice from Haggerty. whatever, blah, 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 blah. There's your fucking disclaimer. Cause I don't know anything. I'm just a customer period. So, so. I used the, the, the state farm, um, collector car mm-hmm.
0: product and I found it to be deficient. They make you jump through a lot of hoops and then tell you your car's worth not shit, isn't worth shit, and they won't insure it for what it's worth on the market, let alone in excess. And so, and the premium was higher than when I switched to Haggerty. Literally, my premiums went down by one third. That's my total bill uh, Um, down by a third.
1: I went, you know, I don't remember. It's been so long since I since I switched. But my my feeling, I had a claim on my Mark III. I hit a like a piece of metal on the highway in the rain. And they accused me of fabricating it. Like they accused of... Uh, it Who, being State Farm? State Farm. I've had some really good experiences with State Farm for other stuff. I've had... Particularly homeowners. So the thing that I liked about State Farm is that I had an agent. So when I was on the phone with claims and they literally accused me of insurance fraud, they were like, this is an old damage that, that happened months ago. And I'm like, I literally hit this piece of metal on the way back from the June Jitterbug, which is a Toronto-based Volkswagen show where I got a fucking trophy. So I have thousands of pictures of this car from the day of the accident. Don't accuse me of fraud. And they got, they were like assholes about it. So I, the good thing about State Farm is I drove my ass to my insurance agent's office and I sat down and I'm like, Jeff, first name basis, fix this. And he did. So that was at least, that was the nice thing. But I had so many arguments with them over fucking claims where they were like my adversary, not my, yeah, yeah. Like, like a good neighbor. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have neighbors like this or I'd burn their houses down. Um, Despite other, the fact that they live next door and there's a risk your house could also burn down, it would be worth I'd, it. It'd be worth it. No, I mean, well, but then the seed farm covers it and then they would accuse you of arson, those bastards. No, I mean. And they'd be right. And they'd be right. I, yeah, I've had, I've had, I've had my state farm policy since June 7th 1994. That is a fucking horrifying thought. Mm. But when I look you and know, anytime that I've had them say anything to me I'm like, look at how old this policy is. Look at how many claims I've had because I think it's, you know, two claims totaling $1000 since the year of the flood. Come on. Don't don't play this shit with me. I pay you I have paid you for 25 years. The, the point is that getting
0: the cars over to be insured with someone who, like, is oriented towards collector cars instead of, like, let's, you know, send this over to AAA body shop and get it painted and then back on the road. And, like, you know, the average consumer—I mean, you see this all the time. You're driving around and you look at the car and you you see some car and you're just like, wow, it looks like it was— you know, it's covered in sandpaper. A, the paint is shitty and the panels don't fit and the colors don't match. And you're just like, what a terrible repair. And most people, they're like, I don't know, it's not dented anymore. I'll take it right. home and I didn't have to pay for it. So I'm a yeah. happy camper. Whereas, you know, collector with enthusiasts, you like repair their car and you show up and you look at it and you're like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. look. This
1: is the reason why Haggerty pays me to make the videos, and it pays us to do the things we do, right? Because Haggerty wants to show the world that it's an enthusiast company, and the company's yeah. tagline is "tagline is never stop driving." So, of course, my you know my fear when you call the the number, the eight hundred number, like I just had a claim on New Year's Eve at six o'clock, it was going to be like, "Oh, what were you doing out in your collector car in the rain?" Right? I had the speech prepared because I was definitely going on a rally the next morning, and I didn't want to drive an extra hour. That wasn't questioned. It was just like, wow, that sucks. You had a loss. Let's fix it. Yeah. Thank you. That's why I pay you a huge sum of money every year. Um, but that's why Haggerty pays us to do this. Um, not to talk about insurance, by the way. This is, I, if if I had to guess whether this helps me or hurts me at Haggerty, this is going to hurt. Somebody's going to get pissed off by something I said because it's going to construe insurance advice or whatever. Again, I don't work for Haggerty Insurance. I work for Haggerty Media. But the reason Haggerty Media exists is to make sure that the world knows that Haggerty is full of enthusiasts. These are the people who like want you to go drive your car and want you to go live your life and want to stop the government from banning our old cars out of existence. Um, and that's why I'm happy to put my work on Naggarty's YouTube channel and uh, and I'm happy to pay my premium every year. I'm not happy, but I do do it. I wouldn't change it. I,
0: no, no, no. It's not worth changing away for sure. Absolutely it's not. Expensive.
1: It's getting expensive. I mean, you know, my car's all started out at 10,000 bucks a piece times two. I don't want to hear about it. <clears throat> I accept absolutely, I accept that. And then I'm going to say, I accept, now you have a fucking mirror insured.
0: Yes, I you know, know.
1: Which is worth a house. And most houses don't do 160 miles, 70 miles an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get it. It's, it's worth it. It's
0: worth it is it. worth it. And I, I will say that for the stuff, like for the, for the majority of stuff I have, which is just like these sort of random shit boxes that aren't worth anything. Like I'm shocked by how little the premium is for it. Like, just added a 1994 E320 insured for $10,000 and it's like $90 a year for guaranteed value, zero deductible $10,000.
1: Is it because it bumped you to a next level
0: of no. like discount or something? What level to go get- to beyond the Miura. <laughs> the, well, the, I, I promise okay. you the E320 is not going to change them.
1: Well, no, I get a discount that I remember they're seeing it's like it when one you hit
0: seven my... cars you get a discount oh, and right. when you hit some threshold of value of the total policy I forget what it is but it's I'm guessing you're there with a Mira. Yeah, the Mira yeah. It does it by itself. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So for the the less expensive stuff especially like that I mean it's based on claims history. I've noticed that like you'll have two cars that are both insured for $25,000 and the premiums are dramatically different based on whether fuckboys drive that car or not <laughs> as far as I can tell. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, so the E320 no one's no one claims on e320s because they're all driven by old nearly dead people who are driving at speeds commensurate i'm sorry (laughs) uh commensurate with their more their impending mortality oh my god um Whereas, you know, if it's a GTI or some kind of enthusiast car that people are driving around on rallies and rolling in, in bushes or whatever, right. then it, the, the premium will be higher. So I've it's noticed that the, the value is, is not so impactful as much as the fact that I have a bunch of old man cars like old Mercedes. The
1: and, GT4, the 308 GT4, actually saved me $80 a year because it bumped me up a level for mm-hmm. a discount. Because and I think the number guys,
0: of, for the insurance is probably not that high compared to I others. Th- like the E30 is probably more expensive to insure. I was just
1: going to say that next is the E30 and the Lotus... together comprise probably 30% of the value of my policy
0: they're they're performance cars
1: but 75% of my premium yeah the Lotus is more expensive than I think the, uh, eight, probably six of the other seven cars on that policy.
0: That's because every time you hit a Lotus, the, the clamshell cracks
1: and it's $17,000. If you can get a clamshell, right? Yeah. And the E30s are expensive. Why? Because everyone drives E30s and everybody drifts them into right. things. Right. But the 2316, which is valued the same, similarly to my wagon, is a quarter of the premium. Yeah. Because the it's Ferrari a Mercedes is, and yeah.
0: nobody's out there fucking around a Mercedes. Ferrari's cheap. Cabbies. Yeah. The because they don't is, get much exposure and yeah. they're all driven by old rich guys who are like, no, oh no, it's raining. I can't drive the car for three
1: days after it rains because there might be a branch (laughs) or a a puddle. Ungalvanized steel, of course. It's perfectly reasonable. That's why I drive the Lotus in the rain. It's fiberglass metal and nothing steel. (laughs) Okay. Um, yeah, but, and yeah, it's an interesting thing. But either way, I'm very, very So proper
0: very insurance, I mean, I know this sort of sounded like an ad, but it does make a meaningful difference for quality of life, especially when it comes time to make claims. I mean, it's, through State Farm making claims, they do honor their claims, right? Once you get past the point of arguing with what the car is worth, or if it's a commodity car like the GTI, you have to have one car insured with regular insurance, and that GTI is that car for me. Um, and so even if anything happened with the GTI, I would be confident that they would, you know, uh, would they be able to honor whatever its market sure. value is? Like, I had a motorcycle once that got stolen and it was insured with State Farm, and the bike had a bunch of modifications on it. And I had fortunately printed out the ad from when I bought it and it listed all the modifications on it. And when the bike got stolen, they were like, uh, like, market value is eight thousand dollars for this motorcycle and i said well it had all this stuff on it does it matter and they were like well you didn't have that listed but let's see what we can do that was what state farm said and then they went back and they're like well so the wheels were four thousand dollars because they're forged marcasini wheels and so you know that puts you at 12 but the the wheels you know we we depreciated them them, so they're twenty seven hundred dollars so you know right off the bat they gave me twenty seven hundred extra dollars for the wheels that were on the bike even though i didn't tell them that it had it and i just showed them the ad from when i bought it and so State Farm will do stuff like that, yeah. which is the opposite of sheisty, you know, uh, mercury insurance, for example. to just to throw one know. under the bus that I had experience with when I got, I got rear-ended in my Cayenne, and the person hit the person behind me so hard at the bottom of an off-ramp that they pushed the person behind me into the Cayenne, and they were insured with... I mean, the guy, I don't know if he ever touched the brakes. I mean, the woman the behind aches. me had, like, PTSD. She was, like, in shock and then started crying and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean... She was in a Honda Fit, and he was in a Lexus RX, uh, and the Cayenne still from getting the tertiary hit was like a thirteen or fourteen thousand dollar repair. Whoa! From the from the from, Fit getting pushed into yeah. it. So, I mean, it's easy to get to $14,000 on a Cayenne. It was like a bumper cover and an exhaust system. <laughs> oh um, I'm still. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, compared to, like, if you're dealing with some sheisty thing where you're just shopping on the basis of premiums, then you get a different experience than State Farm. And then, like, the next tier up, depending on what the car is and how specialized it is, for me, is just, like, no questions asked. We agreed to this number. I don't you know, want to fight about it. I'd, I'd rather yeah. fight
1: about it beforehand. Not fight about it, but I'd rather no, engage but have in a didn't, discussion. Didn't, yeah. Right. When it's too late and then you're fighting about value. I mean, we had that with my mom's... I bought my mom an E46 and it got stolen. Um, and the silver one. The silver one. And it was that's what happened to that car. Oh, God. I should show you the picture. Well, you guys are going to see the pictures. Um, so I, I bought this car. It was really, really nice, but it had no maintenance ever done to it. So I did everything. I probably put 100 hours into this. I mean, we're <laughs> talking every e46 problem known to man happened in that car in the first three weeks that she was driving it i mean it was just it was the oil stand gas it was just everything diesel valves yes, all cooling of system and, uh, and a complete cooling system diesel, rear trailing arm bushings and 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 front and front lollipops and i mean i literally everything including like hvac uh it resi- like the feeder fan resistor alternate everything that goes on those cars went and it was then perfect it was like a hundred twenty thousand mile car at this no, I think, I think I bought it with 60 something. So it was probably 80,000 mile car. Anyway, either way, car was absolutely beautiful, mechanically perfect. It got stolen out of my sister's driveway um, and then crashed horrendously. They were, uh, there was a guy in a full-size Chevy pickup truck with his cruise control set at 70 and these guys went through a red light and got hit right in the driver's left ankle. Um, they were both unbelted, uh, the two people, the guys had stolen the car. And they both lived, which is unbelievable. The guy, the the passenger ran. Um, so his blood all over the car. But he got out and ran and took off. The driver was pinned, went to the hospital, was in the hospital for three weeks. And then they were going to arrest him because it was all kinds of stuff. He had given them a fake address and checked out. And so he got away also. They wound up getting him later on. Holy hell. Um, but yeah, but this was one of those things where my my the, the insurance was in my... I think my sister had insurance on it at the time. My mom was in the process of moving from California to where my sister lives. Um, And the insurance company was like, all right, we'll give you a dollar. Like it was like one of those, like, you know, the thing to remember that I had to continuously explain to my sister and then the insurance company is, I have the title for this car. You're not getting the title for this car until we agree on a number. So you can tell me all you want that you're going to give me 1500 bucks or whatever. It was some ridiculous number for this, for this car. But I'm not releasing the title and we're not going to settle this claim until you're fair with me. And I'm going to prove to you what this car is worth. And I did that with purchase receipts and all of the maintenance receipts and then an estimate of how many hours that would have cost. Because I, I did all the work to have somebody else do with it. And all in like that was 18,000 bucks or something. And I'm like, the market value of this car is somewhere between 9 and 12. So you're going to give me 12. And they, they want to give me two. And I think we wound up getting like eleven seven or something out of them. Like, but I made, I built the argument. There's no anger. Very, just very clearly. This is what the car I paid for it. This is what I put into it. This is what my time was worth. Now we're at 18,000 bucks. However, on the, on the market, I could show that to a potential buyer and they would pay it for 12. That's what you're buying this car for. And you know, people are like my insurance company totaled my car. No, 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 that's on you. You have to agree to that. At the end of the day, you own the title for the car um and so that was a fight that i just never want to have again mm-hmm. with the old cars and so as, as upset as i am about the beat and you know i refuse to let it ruin my new year's like i went to a restaurant we had dinner i made it up until like five, and then went to bed rallied um, rallied the next morning i mean i pulled the bumper cover apart and put it put, kind of put it all back together and it looks fine it barely looks even damaged um and i did my rally and i did 150 miles in that car and it was wonderful and it was a lot of fun uh and now it'll go get fixed I don't even have to think about.
0: Yeah, so I guess the moral of the story is part of being a car enthusiast is insure properly or drive a shitbox that you're willing to not uh, ever see again if anything happens to it. which yeah. you know, but is an unacceptable way to go motoring. Well,
1: oh, and but here or just accept the fact that every time you take the car out, you're going to put it in damage. But it's not okay to leave it sitting in a museum. You're more sentimental about cars than I am.
0: For me, I'm Some always like, yeah, it's just a car. Some of them, like there's, there's no, no car very different. Yeah, there's no car about which I am really
1: genuinely sentimental right i'm not sentimental about the beat and as much as i love the ferrari it's kind of my number two car i'm not sentimental about it either if anything happened to it i'd be really pissed because i'd have to go find another one that's just as good and that'd be difficult um but some of the other cars i'm not i mean but there there are cars that you're really sentimental about and i don't i protect those more than i protect the other ones which is why thank god i was in the beat and not the scirocco calculated risk
0: like insurance actuarial stuff okay this has been episode 81 of the
1: Carmudgeon show. Oh, are you really going to give a number for this? I just did. Okay. Uh, do not forget. So, here's the other thing is, I there is I don't think there's any way for for you guys to if you go get a quote from Haggerty to mark that you heard about this from Carmudgeon, there's no feedback mechanism. We do not get anything. But if there's a if they if there is a thing that says where did you hear about us? Just put Carmudgeon um, in there. Couldn't hurt. And I'll ask the insurance guys. Again, I have no access to anything. I'll ask them if they uh, if it helps cuz I've been wanting to sort of talk about this for a long time, even though I don't want to be like an insurance salesman. But like, I really feel strongly all of my friends have Haggerty. You conveyed information.
0: You didn't sell anything. You conveyed information. I'm not, I can't That people can
1: make their own decisions based on. But all I'm saying is take care of your insurance, whatever it is, whether it's Haggerty or someone else, take care of your insurance shit now before you get hit. So when you do get some fucking and with all Definitely of the crazy weather
0: that and other natural disasters unfolding in various places in the United States, you probably should do that with your, get renter's insurance if you're renting, get you properly covered minutes. homeowner's coverage if you own your house. Just Now you sound like a friggin' ad. I know, it's but I just, I've had <laughs> so much experience that's been traumatic that I just, am like, uh, yeah. it makes a big difference. Yep. All right. Happy trails. Okay. Happy See trails. you next week. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, and we all need to make an insurance claim on that basis. Yeah, bye.